in this in this studio this evening because we're very excited because they bring up some names here. There's the uh, invisible Clayton there, there's myself, but we are joined in the studio by none other than this handsome man, Pete Stanton. Tonight is hey going to be tonight is going to be amazing. It's going to be so 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 good. Uh, we're going to, we're going to dive in in a second. While Clayton's not here, actually, if you uh, if you look over that side there, that board, that is Clayton's. So this is Clayton's new mid length, and this one over here is. Uh, this is this is Clayton's uh, new secret shape. Oh, secret! It is. He won't uh, he won't really tell anybody what the dimensions are. What the th there's nothing printed on it. But uh, yeah, that is Clayton's new board. Clayton will be back again in just a second. But we're going to dive in tonight, and we're really going to look at how the mind and the body can be related to surfing, but we're going to look at it from a different perspective and that's sort of coming from the martial arts. We're going to dive in a little bit more, Pete, um, into, in, into, into your background, but, uh, but before we do, if you've, if you've been, we've got a few people coming on. If you are coming on, can you just give me a little hello in the comments just so that I know that you can hear us loud and clear? But um, what, so this is Pete, but the other name for Pete is Mr. Coffee Cup. If you've been, uh. if you've been, Part of this community for for long enough, you would have, you no doubt, you would have heard the, the phrase "coffee cup" being used, and it all stems from Pete. Pete didn't even realise that he was Mr. Coffee Cup. Mr. Yeah, uh, it's a revelation. It is. Yeah. It was. It was a revelation. So we're going to dive in a bit more into the coffee cup and its origin. And its origin, like the the the, the science behind it. This isn't about just <laughs> grabbing a coffee cup and moving it around. This is. There's a lot more science behind it. I'm just trying. To, okay, we've got a. Sounding good, excellent. Donovan, how you doing? Hopefully you've been getting some, uh, some, some waves, Donovan. Uh, Donovan just came in two days ago and ordered a new board too. Yes, so. Donovan did. It's a Donovan up on the thing there, we've got Carb Media and we've got Luke and Luke is over in the UK and he's driving at the moment. So hopefully you're a passenger, Luke, and you're not actually uh, <laughs> trying to write that while, -task. Good while you're driving. So look, I'm, not, I'm talking a bit now because I just want to get people in. But I kind of want to hand over to you two, really. Um, yeah. Pete, I want you to give us a bit of your background. I think one of the most notable things which I've learned about you is that you toured with Dean Dingo Morrison. Yes, back in I the did. Day. So, so, so yeah. obviously that's very surf-related before we get into the martial arts side of things. So just tell us a little bit about that and, and what, so, what so was going Pete's on Pete's been entrenched in surfing for ages. Um, he's Obviously, um, the three Cooley kids, Mick Fanning, Joel Parks, and Dean Morrison, you were in Dean's corner supporting him and helping him with his fitness and some of the training. And you even went on tour with him for a bit. Yeah, yeah, I was really fortunate that, uh, you know, Dingo thought it was a good idea to take me on tour with him, at least for a few events. I really enjoyed it. Uh, had the opportunity to train him for oh, a good few years from when he was quite young. I think I met him when he was about 18. Yep. We ended up living together, so you know we're really good mates, still good mates. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, it's a fantastic opportunity. Yeah. Great. Um, so, Pete, when I first met you, um, it was an introduction through Chris Mills, and a lot of the guys know who Chris Mills is. We we push yep. him a fair bit on this. Um, you were instrumental in getting Chris and myself together. Yeah, yeah, it was fairly serendipitous, actually. I. I was familiar with Chris from uh, social media, from Facebook. Uh, 
we chatted a bit, a bit of back and forth because I concurred with a lot of his ideas. Yeah. Um, I thought he was a really smart guy, had a lot of good stuff going on. So we chatted and then I think it was Chris's idea to do a seminar up on the Gold Coast. And at the time I had a facility at Burley called Source, Source Conditioning, where we ended up training. Yep. And uh, yeah, I thought we'd do a bit of a co-op and bring you in and Jason Oldroy, a naturopath from Byron Bay. And we made a day of it and we had a, a good integration of ideas and introduce you to Chris and obviously. So, so from that introduction you know, to Chris, Chris, I think, um, asked me to coach him. And yeah. I think he had a big, like, uh, open a moment. Yeah. And then uh, we actually went on to work together and do some boat trips, which we do annual trips probably like three times a year. Yeah. So that it's was, amazing, that was yeah. awesome. And then we went to we went on to work together doing um, surf skate surf 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 skate training at your gym. Um, yeah. That was about five years ago. Yeah, I think it was 2014. I, I mean, you introduced me to the Carver and. Um, I'd never seen anything like it before, you know. I'd skated when I was young, and uh, but I'd never thought of using the skateboard in reference to surf training. And yep. you know, you put me on this thing, and uh, I was terrified. Of it. Scared the sh- scared well, yeah, the, I didn't know at the time. Scared the shit out of me, you know. I, I couldn't control it, and um, you know, it took me a while to relax. You know, obviously, like surfing, you know, very tense, legs straight, couldn't control it, and just in terrible fear of hurting myself. And then once I got used to it, learned to relax into it, I saw the relevance and uh, yeah, gave us the opportunity to start a good program, which went on for, I think, probably yeah, two, years. three years. Yeah. 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 So tell me what was going on through your head, because I, I would arrive to a training session with like a million ideas. And I'm like, Pete, we've got to train balance, jumping, box jumps, this, that, strength, conditioning, get them fatigued. And I was just like, you know, sort of freaking, yeah. out, freaking out as I do, just... Yeah, yeah. I used to go home scratching my head and go, oh, God, how am I going to get this guy under control? You know, I mean... <laughs> ah. <laughs> ah, the truth comes out. Yes, the truth does come out. My, Sorry. So, my daily challenge with Clay is trying to figure out how we're going to come uh, Yeah, so my ethos as a movement coach is repetition to you know, create neural pathways, um, drum new skill patterns in. I mean, they say it takes 5,000 repetitions of a poorly, uh, a, a poor skill pattern. To relearn a skill pattern, you have to reproduce the correct one 5,000 times to overwrite the old pattern that may have been, you know, crap. If you learn it perfectly from the start, I think it takes about three to 500 perfect repetitions wow. to nail in the skill pattern. Where surfing is concerned, most of us have pretty average skill patterns. So it takes an enormous amount of reps uh, to overwrite that old pattern and create a new one. And the best way we have to do that is outside of the water because we'll never get the reps in, in the water. Can I, so, can I just quickly jump in again then because I think that's a really valuable thing for what you've just said. So a lot of our community would be in that position where they might have been surfing for a really long time uh, if you take myself for example, it was something like t- 20 years I've been surfing with poor technique. Then I met Clayton, so then I then had to unlearn mm. everything that I had learned. So what was the what was in the? I know it wasn't ex- the, the exact numbers, but it was way more to unlearn to then relearn, wasn't it? Something like I think something like 10 times more repetitions. Yeah. yeah wow. To unlearn and relearn mm. than to relearn from the get-go, yeah. then to learn from the get-go, I should say. And so with those repetitions, yeah. 
I mean, and this is this is one of the things that both that both you and Clay have, have sort of really um, sort of worked on, and and also Chris Mills has worked on this as well. Is that in the water you can't get that number of repetitions that quick, so you've got to do it on land. So you've got all these people saying the best way to learn surfing is to just surf more, which yeah, like ideally, if it didn't work and we could just surf every day, yes, hundred percent. But we all got lives, like we have to work, you got families, kids, mm. so we don't get the pleasure of just surfing every day. Yeah, so so with our viewers who are, who, who are now in this process of learning things like the coffee cup, like the Oreo biscuit, compression and extension and this kind of thing. Can you explain the Oreo biscuit to me? What's the Oreo biscuit? So the, the Oreo biscuit is, 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 is the glide, so as you, as you go to take off on a wave, so if it, we, we are going to do uh, a live on the Ombi language. So, so the Oreo biscuit is as you paddle into a wave, you arch your back to lean. And the reason why it's related to the Oreo biscuit is if you take an Oreo biscuit and you squeeze it at the back, the cream comes out the front. So it's a bit like your board. So it's, you it's, I understand the principle was the analogy I didn't follow. Yeah, it's yeah, using wave, wave energy to catch a wave rather than your own energy to catch yep. the wave. Yep. The same way you'd body surf a wave. Like, you know how the wave sucks up when you body surf it? Yep. It's using that energy to catch a wave. So loading the rear end to create more force to work against yeah. fatigue mm. okay yeah so 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 with that land-based repetition is a vital tool that as everyday surfers we really need to tap into yeah i mean in my view absolutely i mean i know for myself that you know i would i don't know how many backhand re-entries i've done in my life let alone, <laughs> let alone perfect backhand re-entries so i mean you know to have the opportunity to train it on land and using the methods that Clay's essentially created mm. has given me a way to myself personally and everyone out there uh, a means to improve surfing without increasing the hours in the water because once again we may have time constraints that don't allow you to get those hours in. So mm. now we have a means to be able to improve um, even though we can't get in the water as much as we like. Yeah. So that's great. Hey Pete, yeah. earlier on before we went live, you were talking about um, unconscious incompetence and all that kind of stuff. Could you elaborate, because a lot of the, the Surfax people, they're either beginners or they're intermediates and they, they'd all love to get to that next level. Yeah. Um, yeah, could you elaborate on, on that kind of... Yeah, sure. Uh, I'll see if I can get it stages right. Stages of learning. Sure. So we have four stages of learning. Uh, number one is unconscious incompetence. That's a stage when you start surfing, uh, you have no idea how shit you are. <laughs> And then someone like yourself comes along and points it out, right? Yeah. Or, either you, that, or you see it on video or something like exactly, that. Exactly. Either that or you see it on video and you think, shit, I thought I was doing better than that. So you didn't know how bad you were. Okay. Um, the next stage of that, it feeds right into the next phase, which is conscious incompetence. You've seen it. You're familiar with the, the, the issues. Now you have to find a way to improve upon that okay. to move to the next level. That's when you probably start seeking out a coach. So the first one, you, you don't know what you're doing wrong. The second one, you know that you're doing something wrong. But you still but you can't fix it. You don't know how to fix it. Exactly, yeah. So then the third stage is? The third stage uh, you would move into is... Consciously competent. Consciously competent. <laughs> Thanks, Ant. I always get it wrong. So consciously competent. You can do it right when you think about it. The problem is, you know, when you're in the surf, you're usually in a heightened state. Yeah, so so much external feedback from the, the wave, the exactly. ocean, crowds, 
it's, it's just it's busy there's so you can't even focus on a simple thing so a, a good one for me was when i was coaching with you was that you would send us out and give us one specific exercise to drill on and you'd give us like maybe 15 minutes and then we'd have to go to the beach and talk about it talk about how we felt with that technique um try to improve upon it or if we've sort of got that down give us another one to try so that was really beneficial and that was really important in moving to the stage of conscious competence okay and i saw those drills at that time as moving myself into that phase so it was great do you remember yeah. stepping with the helmets on yeah <laughs> so that was weird man i that suppose was like, you guys were unconsciously competent no sorry sorry consciously competent we could figure it out and then you put a helmet on her head <laughs> I was like, okay, bend your like, knees. What do you mean? Yeah, I can't see my knees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was fun times. So yeah, good. it was fun. Do you still do it? I don't because I've kind of think feel like I've, I've progressed in the way that I go about training. Yeah, I like to do a lot of the training outside of the water on the skate ramp and make them do loads of repetitions. And inside of those repetitions, you can fix all of the mistakes. Yeah. Then when you go into the water, I want people to de-stress and have fun. <clears throat> And normally when you're having fun, you learn more. Sure. But as soon as there's, there's any tension in the water, the fun goes out the window, the frustration levels are up, you overthink everything and you can't do anything. Yeah, well, that's the thing with conscious competence. I mean, you can be taking off on a wave, get the Oreo biscuit right, get the um, coffee cup right, then see 20 guys down the line. Immediately you, became, you become conscious of how they see you and everything goes out the back door. So, you know, you're... Um, all of your movement patterning that you would have otherwise benefited from, you're no longer going to receive the benefit because you're very conscious of external factors, like so, everyone watching you. So you know. So I, uh, when sorry. you train fighting, yeah, those people are so in the moment. Those two fighters fighting each other, yeah, that I don't think they're looking outside of the ring, going, "Oh my gosh, there's what's his name watching me." Yeah, no. That, well, there's something called the zone, you okay. know. And you have to be able to tap into that. And the only way to tap into the the zone is repetition and confidence in your own so skill. I think the problem with surfing is surfers bounce between future thoughts and past tense mm -hmm. with their thoughts. And they, they, they struggle to actually be present in the moment and feel. Exactly. Yeah. And when they are in the moment, sometimes they're a bit stiff or a bit rigid and they can't feel. But if you're in the moment and you're relaxed, the wave actually talks to you, and then you're in the zone, and you're in the moment, and you can surf almost effortlessly. And, and that's the exciting part of when that happens. I find a good way to um, actually tap into that is using breathing when you're in your surf, right? If you're at a point break, crowded point break, everything's hectic, people everywhere, you don't know when you can get a wave, set yourself up in a good position to catch a wave, okay? Um, while you're sitting there, practice your breathing. A really good method to do that is a double exhalation breath. So while you're sitting on your board, breathe in and you do a count. You might count five seconds and your exhalation is double the length of time of the inhalation. So what that does, it taps into your autonomic nervous system, um, into the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest, digest aspect of your nervous system. And it's very calming. So if you want to get back into the zone, you can use your breath to take you out of a heightened state and put yourself into a zone where you can learn better, 
you give yourself a better chance of catching more waves because you're not worried about catching waves anymore. Or you can, can you um, go a bit more into that heightened state? Like, what, what is that heightened state you're talking about? Because you want to get out of that and relax more. Is that correct? Yes, at, at that, at, in that stage of the surf, yeah. Okay, so... Once, once you have an opportunity to do it. So, yeah. sorry, when you say things like, my, my mind just goes off in tangents, <laughs> I'm trying to reel it back in again. No, shit, still. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Sorry. All right, so, I like... If, if you stare at something, your peripheral vision just disappears because you, you're focusing. And often when people surf, they focus on the fear and the peripheral's gone. But when you relax, your eyes soften, your peripheral actually expands and you can see more and you can take in more and you can do more. Sure. So it's, it's, I suppose it's important getting out of that heightened state where you're just focusing intently yeah. and almost overthinking situations and then relaxing and just feeling the situation and being present in the moment. That, that's a huge one. And here's my take too. I mean, why would you want to, I know everyone wants to surf a crowded point break yep. on a crowded point break day, but it's not, not optimal for your surfing progress, right? You're nearly better off surfing a less quality wave with less people around, less stress in your face. So much more fun. Get so many more waves and give yourself an opportunity to learn because you're not going to learn while you're sitting in a crowded point break. It yeah. might be cool to be out there and say you're out at snapper for the day whilst getting two waves, you know, but you know, who's getting more benefit? The guy that surfs at the local beachy with three guys out, you know, ordinary waves, but he gets 20 waves, has a good time. Yeah. It's a huge amount of benefit out of it. I think, um, I mean, at the time of recording this, um, this now, so if you are watching this on the replay, but at the time of recording this, like this, the swell has been absolutely cranking this, this yeah. week. And you were, you were speaking to somebody today when you were out surfing and they said that they surfed down at Kiri yesterday and while the waves were amazing, couldn't get, couldn't it, was get just, one. it was just, just, yeah, you just couldn't you get can one. You can see them, there's always just someone else on it. Mm. No, I guess the yeah. worst thing about that is FOMO, right? You're watching from the beach, yeah. you're seeing everyone get a barrel and you're thinking, oh my God, I just want one of those. So but is would it, is it FOMO realistic? push you into that heightened state where you're almost like agitated, I want one, I'm frustrated? Oh God, you're, you're agitated before you even get out there. Yeah. And that's not a good place to start. So, 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 so just winding back there, you would say that somebody who is wanting to progress their surfing, if a surf is firing, rather than go where everybody else is, so say like a, your typical sort of snapper, Kira kind of thing, yeah. you'd, you'd be much better off going and surfing a less quality wave with less people so that you can get more, more repetitions. Yeah. 100%, okay. There's a little, another little golden, golden takeaway there. 100%. I'm uh, yeah, I, th I think that like you said it's cool to say i was down there surfing kira or snapper so that yeah. you can go back through and find that clip on youtube of all the waves that were going on down there but you didn't actually have any of those at all <laughs> but you could sort of say oh yeah i was out there that day and really that's just your ego getting in the way yeah when you should just just go do you know what i can go over there and surf and probably i get it all the time where'd you surf did you surf snapper i said no i just surfed a beachy yeah. you know i got a lot of waves though so, Certainly more than I would have got down there anyway. Yeah, so, so, so what we've kind of done here is we've, you've kind of touched onto the, on, onto the breathwork side of things uh, and that's like, like the mind aspect of it. Sure. So while, we're, while we are in that sort of mind area, Clayton, beforehand, you're asking Pete the question about 
is the mind way more important than the body? And with, with, we're sort of debating about, about what was the, okay, the right so, answer here. So, so you ask the question again. So is surfing more in the mind or is it more in the body? So why I get so frustrated as a coach is that few people will see a wave coming and they just go, no, I'm not going. And it's just straight up like, no. As opposed to maybe just having a look at it, browse it, and say, maybe I'll take it, maybe I won't. Let me look further into it and just get a bit more knowledge about the wave. So the mind is just shutting down like all your systems and it just wants to get you out of there and into safety. Yeah. But the higher the risk you take, the bigger the reward. Sure. And if you can relax and enjoy yourself, it, it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I've, 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 more lately, when I, when I surf, I've had a bit of more of a gung-ho approach. I thought, okay, you know, there's not, I'm not going to put myself into any danger out here. So why not just have a crack? I'm not at a crowded point break. I haven't got the whole world watching me take off on this wave. I'm just going to go. And if I mess it up, so what? You know, you probably why can't I just relax that. and take a beating, a little beating, and, uh, and learn <laughs> from it, you know? But in, insofar as the body and the mind, I, I mean, they're inseparable, right? I think that's mm. what, we, what we agreed that, uh, I mean, the body directs, I mean, the mind directs the body. Okay, so, so hang on, I've got a thought over here. Let me try to get it out of my head. So, um, if you were to train a fighter and he's going into the fight um, lacking confidence, okay, thinking that he's going to lose, he, he's, almost his opponent will see that fear, will capitalize it and smash him. Okay. Yes. But the more training that you do leading up to that fight, the more confidence you get. You've got this feeling of being ready. Absolutely. Okay, And that can help elevate your mental state, giving you more confidence, mm. feeling like you can actually do that. Well, the thing with fighters are there's very few, or there's rarely ill-prepared fighters because stakes are quite high, right? I mean, you get knocked out, you can get hurt. Yep. So because the stakes are high, they do the work. Okay. They do the work. They're confident that they've done the work. They're more likely, likely to have an opportunity to, if not win, do very well, and get into the zone as well. So, so I, there's very so few ill-prepared surfers. Uh, sorry, fighters, but there are a lot of ill-prepared surfers. Yes. So <laughs> we're about to do a 12-week challenge with some, and yeah. we've we've given people what they're going to deem as maybe meaningless tasks, like sliding cardboard, keeping your hands up, like little things like that. Yeah. But if they do the work and and they prepare really well. Um, they're going to take on the muscle memory, and they also have really good results at the end of the twelve weeks. Yeah. But if they're ill prepared, they're not going to see. The, they're not going to see the results. Yeah. So I, I guess I love the martial arts philosophy of training, and that that's what really got me um, intrigued with the way you do stuff. And I really kind of like stuck to you like a well, magnet, going, "Hey, Pete, I want to learn from you. <laughs> Teach me stuff. Like, how do I do this? How do I do that?" Yeah. Which is um, whale and coffee cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, the coffee cup arose, and, and I misunderstood the analogy at first. I didn't know what you... What's he talking about? A coffee cup? Well, okay, so to everyone watching, <laughs> I went to Pete, and I was like, hey, if you ever watch um, Andy Iron Surf, he's got this arm up. Yeah. And for me, it was like, it gives you a better posture, and we're trying to get our skateboarders to skate better. Yeah. And then I also said, like, Ethan Ewing uses it, and if you throw your elbow, you'll spin faster and all these things. And mm. you just went to me, hey, hang on, that's, that's a martial arts technique. It's called 
It's 105 degrees something, something, something. Well, it, Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, it sort of came from an idea in Tai Chi where in terms of producing power from your body, I mean, for example, if, I, if I'm surfing and my, my arm's out here, right, I'm holding my arm out here, and you were to push my arm, chances are it's going to, one of two things is going to happen. The arm's going to collapse or my body's going to collapse. Same thing in here. In here, you push on my arm, it's going to collapse. So we have a point where we have an optimum amount of strength. So this is a point here, and I call it 105 degree angle because it's essentially 105 degrees at the elbow. And if you were to push my arm there, Clay, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can hold, hold you without effort, okay? If I want to turn, my body will turn and I can produce strength in that region. So if you put your hand against here and I turn here, I yeah, move your whole body, okay? But I haven't changed my structure. So that arm, and we're noting that, you know, a lot of the top surfers have their arm, you don't see a top surfer, bunny hopping oh, along yeah. like this no. or with their arms out like this or even as you say patting the cat throwing their arm right back like that because that's counter to the force you want to produce which is contained energy going forward so yeah coffee cup or coffee cup is or it? beer or beer cheers cheers <laughs> thanks oh that's one <laughs> okay let me get this Back in. So we've got a few comments that have come in. I've, I've been I've been resisting um, bringing up any comments this evening. I just kind of want to just let let Clay and Pete just kind of have a conversation because that's where we're actually going to get the gold from. I'm trying to pick up on the little golden nuggets and then read it back, but there's too many to be honest. <laughs> just keep on coming. But uh, going back to the the four levels of learning, I don't know if you've mentioned the last one, but that was unconsciously competent. Unconsciously competent. Uh, we've got a. a, a, a Comment here, when I first read about the four stages of learning, it opened my eyes. Uh, I wrote the stages out and put it on my kids' playroom wall, so when they're freaking out about not being able to do something, I say, so what stage are you at? It's amazing, you know. Sorry, being wrong. No, no, no. no. Yeah, you, I just, I just surfers think... don't do the work, but they want to be at the unconsciously competent. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you have to go through the stages. You can't yeah. skip a stage. <laughs> you have to go through every stage, you know. And, and we all want to be unconsciously competent, right? But very few of us are. We're stuck in the two middle zones. And um, I think it's a really good exercise to attempt to work out what stage you're at. Video yourself. Look at yourself. Mm. Do I know what I'm doing wrong? I've got no, absolutely no idea yeah. where I'm at, you know? Uh, sorry. Go, go, go. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I'm just getting so excited. Um... <laughs> You actually said surfers have the tendency that when they're in the water, when they have a good wave, they're like, oh, shit, I'm going in. That was a good one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so do you want to elaborate on what you said over there? Cause well, I, I know I personally have a habit. And I've done I, it too. We're I, all guilty I've learned to resist it, right? You go out, you have 10 shit waves, and then you get a cracker. You do a beautiful roundhouse cutback, might get a nice off the top, something like that. So oh, not going to top that. I'm going in. <laughs> but... That's the stage when the learning starts, okay? You've just done the first good technique of your whole surf and you want to go in, why would you do that? So you should stay out and try to replicate that feeling of the movement you just performed so you start to make it concrete within your nervous system and body. So, and get to that unconscious So that just solidifies stage. that when you surf, those, those gold moments, they, they're fleeting. Yeah. You don't have them a lot. So if we could train them outside of the water, that when we go in the water, we can actually find them more often and we do the hard yards so that we can have better surfs. 
it'll pay off. Yeah, I mean, that was the kind of ethos when we started the surf skate training, right? To be able to get repetition outside of the water. And initially, because Clay wanted to do 500 things in one session, <laughs> which is fine. Anyone that was at those sessions will know, will remember. Yeah. And, and we, they all loved it. But I was trying to reel it back and go, okay, if we're going to do a technique on a cardboard, say a forehand bottom turn, let's do 50 of them in a row. Let's not do one and then try something else. Yeah. So, and from that repetition for myself personally, I can say that I still hold the feeling of the, the carver bottom hand turn. And I remember doing it and relating it whilst I was doing it to the feeling of surfing and holding that bottom turn on a wave. And the more repetition and being mindful of it, which leads into visualization, mm. of course, then um, I always felt better in the water if I'm doing more cardboarding. Always. Today I went and surfed the mid length, which is that big blue one in the corner. It's a six. Right, let me just bring it up. It's a six, six ten. And um, I went up there purely with the mindset of just slowing down, just doing these big bottom turns and long drawn out turns, and mm. everything we did on the card, cardboard, I mean carver boards, I was doing on that. And I was just loving it. Well, I remember actually after doing the sessions with you and Clay gave me a gem once, and it was basically around the power zones of the wave mm. and because um, I always jump to my feet and try to get busy you know try to get busy doing something and Clay said just stand there and look for the power zones and feel the wave and I was out by myself surfing in Belinga. I remember the surf very well you even rang me or something I rang Clay yeah, yeah I did like, I oh, working. and I was taking off and literally just looking down the line for the power zones, looking for the suck, looking for the sections of the wave sucking and directing my attention to those points. And man, it was one of the best surfs I could remember. And I could feel it through my feet, the sensation of the board, the water pressing on the board, the power from those power zones and the speed I was generating without, speed on tap. without effort. Yeah. You know, and I, I will never forget it. It was like one of those peak moments. I wasn't doing anything incredible, wasn't doing any crazy maneuvers the feeling of speed so you don't have to do anything sort of like wct incredible mick fanning it's low top surfing as mm. long as you're just feeling that wave mm. it's, a, it's a magical feeling mm. and i think most of the people that we we're talking to on on surf hacks just need to feel that yeah and, and, so, and that's enough yeah so i want to jump in here really quickly because what you've just said is something that clay has also got me to do and it's been such a valuable lesson for myself and also I know that anybody else that has been coached by Clay one-on-one -on -one, that has been told to to literally do nothing stand up and do nothing and instead and instead feel the wave or listen to the wave as you now like to sort of call it uh, and just be aware of everything that's going on around you and be aware of that power it the day that you do that is a game changer because so many light bulb moments go off in your head and you you, you start thinking why was I rushing so much all the time. I just wanted to jump in there because that was a real doing, big Doing nothing gives you clarity. It's it's a crazy thing. Not trying. You're, you're standing there, not trying, and then you know exactly how to do it, like where to do it. Well, uh, you know, uh, to, to in my terms, uh, you know, asking myself, am I surfing a surfboard or am I riding a wave? Two different things. Oh, yes. I'm going back in again. That that is. Am I surfing a surfboard? That's that that. That could, be the, that, that could be the quote. That's like Bruce Lee kind of stuff. Yoga that, stuff. That's so deep. Am I, am I surfing a surfboard or am I riding a wave? 
You're Love riding it. a wave. You're not yeah. surfing a surfboard. A surfboard is an extension of your body. That that's like a boxer saying, "Am I am I having a fight or am I moving the glove?" Yes. So yeah, you, you're trying to just yeah. flow in the. It's only, it's only it's only a medium. It's not it's not the event. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's, I, I and think, I, I think, sorry, Ann, no, no, you, you go, in you that go. moment I had that surf and I, I started feeling the wave, that idea kind of came to me, you know, I'm riding a wave. I'm not, yeah, that's this, gold. Surfboard, I'm gonna, I'm this gonna... surfboard is irrelevant, you know, to a point. So it's, well, it's really a real revelation. And the fact that I've never forgotten that feeling and being able to have that sensitivity through my feet and my ankles and the transfer of shifting back and forward and finding the perfect position the knee tuck the coffee cup 105 everything perfect and then just locking into that position and feeling was was a real revelation for me it's great okay so there's a lot of hype about volume and it, it kind of drives me a little bit crazy so surfboard, surfboard volume surfboard volume like yeah. everyone wants to like they all go volume is your friend just get heaps of volume go long wide thick and you'll catch more waves so in martial arts, if, if I'm shit at throwing a punch and landing my punches, should I get bigger gloves? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why not? Because surely I'll land more hits, but they'll just be crap hits. You yeah, I, I mean, bigger gloves won't change the foundation of your movement. Okay, right? so thank you. So it's the movement and the training and the foundations that you need. Of course, yeah. And then when you have those foundations, you can ride anything. So in, in other, yeah. yeah, I was gonna say you could bare knuckle fight, you could do whatever you want. Like, yeah, yeah, it's the foundations the only, of the movement. The only cautionary note I would have in regards to relating um, surfing to fighting is fighting. The word fighting evokes a kind of attention, a sort mm. of aggression and attention, which is kind of the the opposite of what you want. You want relaxation. So when I when I talk about martial arts in relation to um, surfing, I'm referring to structure. And I like to use Tai Chi because Tai Chi is the ultimate relaxed movement. And the ultimate uh, idea of integrating breathing, movement, feeling every, you know, waiting and unwaiting. And I find it relates incredibly closely to the act of surfing. So, like, okay, I know I never got in the ring and fought anybody or did anything, but when I was training at your gym with, um, with Michael, the guy doing kickboxing, yeah. um, he was just all about relax. It's like you're holding your breath, there's tension, you, you, you're stiff, you're doing this. So sure. that, all the fighting movements, all about relaxing, otherwise you burn up too much energy. So the, the relaxing is a huge part of it. Yeah, relaxing comes, I mean, it partly it comes from the mind, but it also comes from repetition of a movement because we have, you know, our muscular, we have agonists and antagonists. And to be able to relax, for example, if I'm throwing a punch, my bicep doesn't know when I start throwing punches that it has to relax to now allow me to snap my punch out, right? The only way it learns to relax is after 5,000 repetitions, then it goes, oh, I can switch off because I'm not going to hurt myself and allow the tricep to do its work. So the repetition leads to the relaxation is my point. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes totally sense. Yeah. Um, I'm sat at the side of you then, watching you do that little punch, and I don't know what it looks like on camera, but I was looking at it from the side going, holy shit, that looks pretty powerful. And no, you it's not. Moving your hands, it's, like, <laughs> it's, it's, not. Like, it's like a Bruce Lee one inch punch thing. <laughs> 
Nah, not at all. One, one other thing with the four stages of learning, and we've kind of gone off on a big tangent, but coming back again, is I think one of the, it's, it's a, a downfall and an, and an upside of it is that when you're unconsciously incompetent, the moment that you realize that you're doing something wrong, you can never unsee it. You can never not yeah. know anymore. It's, it's, it's there then. And I think that's your I, motivation to improve that. I, I think yeah. that, that could be a good thing, you know, unless you, unless it discourages you, of course, which mm. is a problem. But, then, you, but then like, so with the amount of time that I've spent with Clay over, over the last couple of years, I can now, ever I look, I'm seeing all this stuff and it's just like coffee cup, like, like Pooh Man, all this stuff is going on in my head when I'm out there, which is, which, which, which is, which is it can be quite annoying because all I'm hearing is Clayton's voice inside my head just going, oh yeah, Pooh Man, oh yeah, coffee cup. <laughs> See, I, you know, for me, I, I respond to that. When, when Clay says that's, that's crap or that's shit, I go, screw you, I'm going to do better. But, you know, I'm sure Clay knows how to deal with people that don't respond to that mm. kind of um, motivation <laughs> as well. You know, I mean, you deal with enough competitive surfers. Some need to be nursed. Yeah, I think the, the, the bigger the ego, the more nursing you have to do. And um, mm. you kind of got to, excuse the phrase, shit sandwich it, mm. where you give good, bad, good feedback. Um, yeah, people can't be given, I, I mean, in any paradigm. People have to know where they stand. If the goal is to improve, you have to know exactly where you stand. I, I suppose, I um, I, I'm very much just sort of like black and white. Yeah. In, in my approach to it all. We know. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry about that. That's fine. It's, <laughs> but I, I think in, when, you, when you're learning Tai Chi, you, you want to flow with it. And you can see when someone's stiff. So that, that would be a black and white movement. You have to show people why they're stiff. Yeah. You know, I, I, okay. Um, it's very easy to be off balance by doing something as simple as not having your knees bent to a sufficient degree, you know? Uh, I mean, and just showing someone that and then giving them a little push and they don't move and they get it. They go, oh, I feel strong now. I feel stable. The mind learns straight away. Yes. Yeah. So, so you, you've, you've kind of very quickly brushed over something there, which is, which is, which is really powerful. And uh, this was something which I heard you and Clayton having a long conversation about we were, we were filming some some stuff in Pete's gym. Um, just while we're on that subject, actually, Pete's gym is a CMBT training facility, which is a combat, combat training center in yep. Varsity Lakes. If you are here on the Gold Coast, then make sure you do go and check out Pete's gym. It's a CMBT uh, training center in Varsity Lakes. Yeah, it's not just martial arts, we do everything, so. So, so it's when you say everything? Uh, anything related to strength and conditioning, mobility, breath work, mm. a lot of martial arts, you know. Such it's a cool a, facility. It's though. an MMA gym, yeah, it's a yeah. great place. It's yeah. really, really, really cool. Thank you. So, so make sure that you that you check that out. What we'll do is, I'll try and put a link to that in the comments below. But while we were there doing some filming, you and Clay were just having a bit of a chat while I was setting up some cameras and stuff, and you were physically demonstrating the whole, that softness in the knees, and you've kind of just mentioned it there, I think it's going to go over a lot of people's heads without realizing just how powerful what you've just said is when it comes to the legs. And it's been really hard to demonstrate it, obviously, because we've got the table and stuff yeah. in the way. But having that, that softness in the knees, yes. can you just go in a bit more into that and take that fighting? And then I'm sure that Clayton will find a way of pulling that back into surfing. Yeah, well, I, I mean, the softness in the knees is the, initi 
the first move in a Tai Chi form where you actually, you breathe in, you draw the energy up and um, you sink your energy down and your knees automatically soften a little bit. So I guess when it comes to surfing, in my view, a lot of people surf with legs locked straight. Yeah. Which automatically creates tension in the body. So that's probably because they want to push on a turn and not twist on a turn. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know why it is. I see it a lot, guys. Legs locked straight, you know. And automatically, you're off balance. You've created tension throughout your whole musculature. And I see it and I think, just take a breath and soften. Let your knees soften. It also gives you sensitivity. Once you're softened through this area here, mm -hmm. you can now feel things through your feet. Your feet can now move. Um, if your legs are locked straight, your feet aren't gonna move properly. There's mm. too much tension. And conversely, if you're too low squatting like a like Poo Man, yeah. <laughs> um, you're also locked into a position that is not, um, it's not soft. Mm. It creates tension as well. So there's a middle ground that's an ideal stance in terms of knee, okay. uh, knee bend. So if, if somebody was at home watching now, mm. how could they kind of like, it's, I'm putting you on the spot a little bit here, but is there a way that they could sort of experience that? Like, could they, could they, I'm actually going to stand here. So my head's going to get a bit of a crotch shot here. But if I was to stand there and lock my legs, yeah. but like, is there something I'm, I'm just okay. trying to, I'm trying to figure out so that, so that so you guys at home can experience this yourselves. I think, I, th I think the best way to experience uh, relaxation is to first create tension. So the best thing to do is to stand up, okay. lock, you, lock your legs straight and squeeze as hard as you can. Now take a breath in through your nose and just soften and let your knees just relax to that point. Okay, see? Now, I wouldn't mind guessing now if I were to push you, you'd be way less likely to move than yeah. five seconds before when you're highly tensioned. Yeah. So I would say to understand relaxation, there's only one way to understand relaxation. It's the yin-yang concept, you know, create tension yeah. to relax. Okay, there's another little golden nugget there. So um, you can do it now if you want to or do it afterwards, but just stand up, tense yourself up as much as possible, then breathe in through the nose. Yeah, the nose. Through the nose and then is it a slow breath out or do you just, just, just let it go? No, don't gush the breath out ever. It's good to just, you know, like a pressure valve. Just gently just, release it through pursed lips or okay. clenched teeth or... Okay, cool, another little, another little tip there. Sorry, I, 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 uh, I dove in then. So, so, so with that then, because I know that the pop-up is where a lot of people perform that tension, can we, can we take that technique of, because, and we see this a lot, where people stress pedal, stress pedal, stress pedal, so they're creating that tension. And then they hold their breath. Then they hold their breath. Try stand. If they yeah. were to use that as they exhale, surely that would then soften their knees, uh, knees, their, their knees, as they then make that drop and then go down the wave. Definitely, definitely plausible. Clay would if, be in a better if they position. They soften yeah. their knees. They would actually start to feel the energy in the wave, and the wave would then talk to them. But as soon as they get tension, the wave doesn't speak to them. What happens is their mind just runs away with a million different thoughts. There's yeah. a really. Um, there's a really great exercise in Tai Chi, which I did show you, run you guys through the other day, which is a Tai Chi walk, which is fantastic for um, getting the feeling of taking the tension out of the knees and the hips, transitioning the stance between the front foot and the back foot, angling the feet to the right position, turning the hips, integrating the body as a whole. 
I'd love to show you here, but I can't. So, but, well, we have filmed it, and oh, okay. uh, yeah, we're probably going to do it on, on the 12 week challenge as, as some of the warm ups. Am I right? Yeah. Kent? Yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so we've actually got um, Pete coming on showing us how to do um, certain warm ups and cool downs and stretches and, and all that kind of stuff. So you're, you're yeah. kind enough yeah. to come on board and help us out there. So, pleasure. Appreciate that. Yeah. Excellent. Let's. Um, we've got some some comments here. I've been trying to go through quite a lot. Yeah. We got we got, got some stuff going on here. There's a few comments on your boards actually behind. Uh, so here we go. I'm, I I used to dance, and I'm a strong believer in repetition to work through movements. Is it something? Uh, it is something that's really hard to do in the water, as the waves are never the same unless you're in a wave pool. So. Even there, and you're at a wave pool, are the waves the same or they're different? Um, Each wave's different. They're pretty similar. Um, obviously, if you go for diff different settings, then the waves do change. There, there is a, it does change slightly through, throughout the session, but there is, it, it did feel quite, quite mechanical and quite okay. sort so of is, the same is, 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 it, is, it, is it, with different waves, is it the essential movement that changes or just the timing of the movement? But the timing of the movement. Mm. Um, like, I always related out of surfing. If you were going to fight someone, would the punch change or, or kind of like the timing of the punch? You're looking for an opening and then you, you relate back to your training. The, the principles stay the same no matter who you're fighting. Correct. But the fight changes, but the principles remain. Okay, so probably what, what changes this? The speed, the attacks, like? Uh, yeah, predominantly your opponent, opponent's timing. So how, how do you read those changes? Because I think people want to fight the same opponent so they can beat them, but they're all different. So well, you, 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 you've trained, trained the core principles of, of recognition of poten potentialities. Okay. So once you've trained recognition of enough potentialities, you have enough tools in your toolbox to overcome any of them. So on a wave, we got to train recognition. So how do you recognize what a wave's about to do? How do you read a wave? Uh, well, I can only relate from what you've taught me is that you watch the wave. Don't look at the board, recognize power zones because it's, it's never going to change. Every okay. wave is, will have its own power zones and you have to be uh, adept at recognizing those and working working within the framework you're given. So yeah. pretty much what happens, a wave draws energy off the bottom. And by reading the bottom, how much water's drawing up will tell you if it's either gonna throw really hard in barrel or whether it's gonna be like a really soft wave. So by reading the bottom of the wave, you can anticipate what the top's gonna to do. That's almost like fighting an opponent who gives you kind of um, signals as to what he's gonna do, like, yeah. I want to punch. Well, like, you, you, I mean, in, in boxing, for example, you may have an opponent that doesn't fight to the timing you expect. You know, maybe it's not a one, two, three, maybe it goes one, two, three and punches on the four, you know? So uh, also a wave's timing changes depending on the depth of water you're surfing in, the shape of the reef, you know? Yep. No wave's timing, but one thing it's not gonna change is there will always be a power zone where the water's gonna be drawing hard. Yep. Like there'll always be an opening in the fight. Yep. So that's what you gotta look for. And the only way you can recognize those things is by repetition and training. Now you can't see power zones on the land, right? But you, no. can, you, you can train enough repetition of technique. Although in a skate bowl, you can feel the ups and downs. Like, 
as you transition up, you can feel that lift part, and as you come out of it, you can feel the down. Yeah. So it does kind of give you a bit more insight as to when do I need to extend, when do I need to compress, yeah. when do I need to use my up breath, when do I need to soften the knees and compress. Yeah. So looking at the curve in the bowl is the same as looking for the power zones in the wave, right? Exactly. Yeah. And just just very quickly, because another little golden nugget, and we won't go into this too much because I know that this is this is part of the, the science program and the accelerated surf program, but you read a wave by reading the bottom, not the top. I think there's a lot of surfers out there that look at the top of the wave and this is something which is quite big which I hear you whenever you're coaching somebody in the water what is the bottom of the wave doing what is the bottom of the wave doing I hear you saying it over and over and over again so you're getting people to look there rather than up at the top so just really quickly touch upon that because that obviously yeah, that is so part of the, the main it's, program it's the bottom of the swell that that hits the, the sandbar where the wave sort of bends and wraps around so that that's your first part where the wave actually connects slows down and then starts to break and starts mm. to bend and so on yeah um the the top okay so the top part of the swell actually moves really fast across the water and the bottom part slows down when it hits shallow water and that's what makes the wave break okay so by seeing where the wave slows down it means i can catch the wave easier there and then you don't have to paddle so hard for it yeah. But if you're paddling for um, the top part of the wave, it could just be in deep water, you're still going to keep chasing it really, really hard. So it's easy to catch a slower part of the wave. So yeah. it just makes more sense to catch. Yeah, that's really, bottom. yeah, I'll, I'll kind of put you on the spot there. That's really hard to explain in such a short space of time. It, it is part of the Accelerated Surf program. Um, and that, just adding to that, Sophie's also, so the rest of her comment was the accelerated surf program has really helped to break down movements uh, used in surfing and has made surfing easy to the point where I'm not thinking about what I'm doing on a wave. It just happens, which is the unconsciously competent part of things. That's perfect. And let me just bring this up. There we go. If you are interested in jumping into the accelerated surf program, so thank you very much. It could be a perfect segue to to plug the program tonight <laughs> but if you are interested uh, in learning any of those modules if you want to just learn the science you can get that module just on its own head over to that link there let's have a look at some of the other comments that we've got coming tony porter has said let me just move these up away there state of flow that's when we were talking about the thing earlier on uh pete not you pete because you're here but this pete <laughs> likes your breathing tip oh Good. Which was the so that that breathing tip was breathe in and then breathe out for double the amount of time of what yeah, you it's breathe a, it, in. It's so a double you, exhalation breath. Yeah. So if you, yeah. you breathe in for a count of four, breathe out for a count of eight. Yep. Yeah, the time is less relevant than the ratio. Okay. Yeah. Uh, someone here could hardly get a wave at tea tree today. I imagine it's firing up there. So Pete, um, while Anne's going through some of those, yes. uh, let me just let me put, bring you two up and then I'll show you. We did ones. about. Whoa, Three years of surf skate training at your gym. Yeah. And we had we had almost like 20 people at a per time coming to each class. So yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, they were. Um, we actually, and, and this is from your Tai Chi, you actually explained to me that the movement comes from like almost heel, ankle, knee, waist, shoulders, the last to move. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, an understanding of how the body works, um, joint sequencing. Yep. Okay is really, really important. When you see people surfing and they appear disconnected, it's mostly because their joints aren't sequencing in the correct manner. So, um, and I only reference Tai Chi in this regard because when you train Tai Chi, you can feel the joint sequencing 
as it happens. Whereas when you're training something it's more like dynamic, a slow motion, so you yeah, can actually think about it. Hey? Training something more dynamic like kickboxing or kung fu or something that's quite fast moving, you don't get the sense of the structure because you're moving so fast I suppose if you did yoga and you hold the pose you can actually get feel your muscle tone and what muscles you're engaging yeah but then Tai Chi would be more of a movement base where you kind of figuring out more joints Tai Chi is more of a more of an integration where you're, you're integrating your the movement of your joints the weighting and unweighting in coordination with the breath which is really really important it's holistic in a movement sense and I think it relates to surfing more closely than some of the others in the sense that it's relaxed. Yep. It's very, very relaxed, but it's also strong. There's a lot of power in the movement and the power comes from the structure. So straight away, I just flashed to John John Florence's surfing where everyone goes, oh. I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not saying every should, everyone should go and train Tai Chi. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's, there are principles in Tai Chi that you can adopt certain movements to train in isolation that will be really super beneficial to surfing, I think. 100%. You don't even have to call it Tai Chi. Like if you watch a golfer move, he goes ankle, knee, hip, shoulder, club. Correct. So it's almost like a like a whip. Mm. With, well, uh, yeah. Except I, I, for the whip is just the shoulders. If I could say, and I see this a lot, how many people do you see with a stiff lower body and they're surfing and their upper body is twisting and turning trying to generate movement, but nothing really happens. They're surfing through the board, they're not riding the wave, you know, everything's wrong. Yeah. But they think often they're killing it, right? So... They have to get out of the water, go learn these principles, then take it back into the water. And so from a coach's perspective, it. what I find is that people that move, um, people that have a hard time moving have to move a lot. Whereas that people that move well, they, they, they need to use like a minuscule amount of energy to get that board to move and to tap into the wave energy. So um, the better you move, the easier it is to surf. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, surfing. Surfing is a. Uh, there, are, there, there are certain movement qualities that you need to need to possess to be able to surf well. Is what I'd say. These are not extreme movement qualities. You don't have to be like a ballet dancer or a gymnast or anything like that. But there are certain things you have to be able to do. I mean, if you've got restricted mobility in your ankles, ankles. you're not going to be able to surf well. If you've got your restricted mobility in your knees so or you, your if hips. If you've got restricted mobility in your ankles, you're probably going to bend your back. Correct. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you've got um, bad knees, you're also probably going to not want to bend. You're going to straighten your legs more and want to bend your back as well. You're going to bend from the hips. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. going to bend from the hips. So whenever you bend from Lose your, your hips, you start losing your balance, your board starts to wobble. Yeah. Um, going to face plant, fall off, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. 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 So, so there's, the, the, there's, there's an optimum uh, degree of movement that you should have at your joints. And it's not difficult to attain, but a surprising amount of people don't even have the base amount of movement required for good surfing. It's very easy to develop, but you initially have to know if you have a movement issue with your surfing, what's creating it. So then we have to go and we have to check the ankles, mm -hmm. we have to check the knees, we have to check the hips to make to try to determine where the deficit lies, if there is one. And if there is a deficit in movement quality, we have to be able to correct that. That's when all the stretching and... Yeah. Really so just, just very quickly on that, because uh, I've seen a lot of comments within the community. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people in this community that are at that age where they don't move quite as well as they used to. <laughs> yeah, our age. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> on my age. And, uh, our age. But it's, it's a case of, how do, how do, so from 
your everyday surface point of view. Now that you've said that, it's like, well, okay, that's, I, I get it, but how do I know if I haven't got enough mobility in my ankles? How do I even identify that I don't have the mobility in my ankles? Whereabouts, how do we discover that? Because I think that if we talk about the four stages of learning, there's gonna be a lot of people that are unconsciously incompetent in it, that it, set. Is this well, something that we could shoot? Shoot in the gym with Pete, just check out for this on your ankles. It's really, really, really simple, and I could describe it now, but it would probably be better for you to see it. Um, uh, you know, there's a need a wall test, which you can do, but there's an even simpler one you can do from a kneeling okay. position. I'll tell you what, rather than explain it, comment, put in the comments below. We'll put it online. Yeah, well, if you want it, if you want it, you've got to, we're not just going to give it to you, you've got to work for it, which means, <laughs> which means you've got to type a comment. But if, if that would be something that would interest you, which would be, um, what, what should we call it? Um, just, um, just write test underneath. Tests. Just, just test underneath. If, yeah. if, if you want us to, to go into the gym over the, over the next sort of few weeks with Pete, film that test to find out what about you, like, oh, like you might be this or whatever, I'm, then, I'm then write test in the comments below. Uh, and we will try and get that filmed over the over the next few weeks. Now, what I'd like to jump in here is so we got we got a few more questions. We're coming up to the hour mark, so let's like we could keep talking here for ages. Everyone's really enjoying it. Uh, loads of really good comments coming in. Let's answer a few of the questions and then let's let's wrap things up. If you've really enjoyed this, then we'll just get Pete back again. It's as simple as that. <laughs> so. Uh, this one was, I thought was quite interesting, this, this comment here. Ozzy says uh, to us, in my head I know what to do, but I can't get my body to do it. And I think that that's so many people in their head, they have this vision of greatness. But then when it's... So when, what, what level is that? Conscious... I'm, mm, I'm going to let you two explore... <laughs> Thinking about it, but can't do it. Oh, hang on, let me bring that up there. So... Can you two unpack that? I can, he, I can he, he can visual. So, so we've had a lot of... Visualize it, but can't do it. We've had a lot of people when you're doing surf skate training, we're going, okay, kiss the knee, like like compress, and they're mm. doing back bends. And we're like, no, don't bend your back, bend your knees. And that they actually can't wire to get the knees to bend. Well, there's two things there. I mean, there's a possibility that they physically can't get into that position, which comes down to what we just discussed, which is a movement deficit. Yep. Or... They don't have any movement deficits. Everything's good, but it's a it's a cueing deficit. So we need to find the way uh, their learning capacity. How do they learn? I mean, is it is it visual? Is it kinesthetic? Or is it auditory? You know, the, the learning sort of. Ideas. I'm gonna go. There's a third reason there. Um, some people, when they're doing the turn, they worry about falling. So they're looking down, putting their hands down, and bending the back just to get into this like safety mode. That if I do fall, I'm gonna protect myself. Yeah. So they, they're reacting to the fear. Sure. And the, the fear is kind of having more control over their body than actually what they intend to do. Fear changes everything. Yeah. yeah. So and then, could, that we, then we come back to the breathing and the relaxation again and the softening yeah. of the knees. And yeah, that the, the, you have to have some degree of confidence that you're not going to be hurt. You know? So I think if we could get people to breathe and actually tell their body that they're about to enjoy the moment get rid of the fear like this is going to be awesome like woohoo I, th I think we even made guys do fart noises in the gym is that a thing or not fart noises well you yeah. do it on the ramp i, I did it on the <laughs> ramp so what i do is uh, I, this this is new to me okay Sorry. so this is my high performance <laughs> turning high performance technique coaching. yeah 
is I get them to do a fart noise because straight away, like you guys everyone just laughs. Started, everyone laughs. Okay. Okay. So it's like, oh, the body's having fun. So the shoulders relax, the eyes soften, yeah. and then they're going, and they breathe through the turn, which is what they should be doing anyway. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that was my best turn yet. I was like, yeah. did you try hard? No. Did you flow? Yes. So there's, there's a power in that three second fart noise. Okay. Yeah. You, right. <laughs> Move on. No. Moving on. No, 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 no. So. Coffee cups and fart noise. I'm going to go with something here. This is, this is a conversation that you and I keep on having, Clay. If this isn't a conversation that, that, that we have on the live all the time, but this is something which is, it's not really an argument, but it's, it's a debate that you and I constantly have about fear and I know that you say breathe and relax, and you might be able to come in in a little bit more here, Pete. Sometimes there are times when you are absolutely shitting yourself, and breathing still doesn't seem to help. And so, for the people out there that are surfing and they're so, do, do you have any, a good example? Yeah, of yeah, that? I have, yeah, I have a really good example. This week, this week, Clay has been pushing me to try and surf bigger waves, and I have really not felt comfortable to the point today. I probably have one of the worst surfs I've ever had because I was, I had so much fear that I was starting to feel sick inside my stomach. Clayton was really trying to push me, going, no, 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 just come and sit right next to me and catch away from here. And I was like, I really don't feel comfortable. And I do a lot of breath work. Even all my breathing still couldn't calm me down with my fear. And so it's, I think it's too easy to say, just breathe and you'll, and you'll calm down. So Sometimes think, fear yeah. can take over too much. It can be almost paralyzing. I think there's a few yeah. things there. And, and, and for me, you know, the confidence you comes... <laughs> the confidence comes from knowing that you've dealt with similar situations in the past. So if, you're, if, if your Everest is surfing in a six, six foot wave mm. and the biggest you've surfed is a two foot wave, then you're gonna have a lot of trouble getting around that fear. But if you've surfed a two-foot wave, then you did a three-foot wave for a few months, started mm. getting into four to five, did that for three months, and then it went out in a six-foot wave, your fear then becomes irrational because you've built up to an adequate extent where that shouldn't be a problem. So then you ask yourself, what, what have I got to fear? Yeah. What am I afraid of? Okay, so, right. I'm glad that you've said that because my argument was it's... It's not that I don't want to surf that. It's just that I feel that there's a couple more stepping stones for me to get to the point where I'll be comfortable to, to, to move to there. So with fear then, it's... Can I, can I say something? I remember reading an article uh, where Kelly was interviewed and they asked him about surfing pipe from a young age. You may have read this, yeah. I don't know. And Kelly was saying, one foot a year. One foot Hawaiian a year is how much I'm gonna increase the size of the waves mm. I'm willing to surf. So he had, a, he had an idea in his mind. He was going to surf, you know, maybe six foot. And he wasn't going to go beyond that. Then he'd go to maybe seven, eight foot. Then, you know, you know. and I think it's yeah. an intelligent way of looking at it, you know, because you're going to get very, very comfortable yeah. in really dangerous conditions. Yeah, because ultimately the fear comes from the unknown. Yes. And but if you can become familiar with it, then that fear starts to start to dissipate. Yeah. But then sometimes, do you, do you think that sometimes you can take too big of a leap? And if you take too big of a leap, it can almost send you backwards. 
Yeah, well, I mean, backwards in confidence. Yeah, 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 that's what I mean. Not backwards in ability. I don't no, think no, no. that would occur. Not, not in ability, but in confidence. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. I remember <laughs> I, I'm a, you know, three to four foot comfort zone surfer. I will surf bigger waves, but my comfort zone is three to, mm. say, three to five foot. You know, that's where I feel very comfortable, right? Yeah. Uh, and I remember um, my friend Shane Bevan, good friend of mine, Years ago, he called me up uh, and he said, Pete, let's go down the alley. It's cooking. I've got the skier ski out. I'm like, oh, <laughs> what do you got the ski out for? You know? <laughs> he's gone, we're surfing it. I'm like, oh, we got down there and it was massive. It was like... Uncomfortably cy massive. Cy cyclonic alley. I don't know, you know, I mean, eight to 10 foot. It was big. Yeah. It was early 2000s. It was massive. And I said, Shane, I haven't got a board with me okay thinking that was my out he said i've got one for you <laughs> so fired up the ski had a had a seven foot board had a life vest on and we're out there and i was terrified i was literally terrified but once we got through the break you have this calm because once you're out the yeah. back all of a sudden it's very calm right and there's no waves breaking around you anyway he dropped me into a couple a couple of six to eight footers and i thought yeah yeah this is this is good this is good. I'm good. I'm fine. I'm fine. It's all sweet. He said, okay, let's go find one now. Let's go. <laughs> so he's taken, and Shane, Shane is a, a pro surfer and a very good big wave surfer. Accomplished well. so pro surfer. Very, very good. He's, he won the Gunston, I think. Yeah. Years ago. Anyway, um, give him a plug. Shane, love you, mate. <laughs> anyway, he took us out behind the rock at the alley and he said, okay, this one. And it was big. And I got super excited. We're going down the face and bump, 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 bump. And I got, I preempted it. I, I bailed off the side too early. He's gone, no, he, don't go now. It was too late. I was on the way. I had the, there was an offshore spray coming up into my face. Couldn't see a thing. And all I remember is seeing Shane on the ski below me with this look of horror. <laughs> don't do it, Pete. It was massive. Anyway, I jumped to my feet and somehow I made it and rode it out. And we filmed it and it got, to me, it looked like taking off a wire. It was massive. But... The leap of faith I took in allowing him to take me out there and have that experience actually gave me confidence to improve my surfing. Mm. So it, it went the other way in that sense. So it was a really good thing to do. I think there's, there's sometimes you just have to push yourself to, you know, despite your fear. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that, yeah, my, my thoughts are, yes, you do step out of, out, of your, out of your comfort zone. I think that once you've got that skill set then yeah, you do have to take those those risks, those those risks and those leaps. Measured risks. Yeah, but it, it needs it needs to be calculated. And I just something inside of me was just um, yeah, just saying I just feel like there's another stepping stone I need to go before I take that next step. So hopefully that's helpful for for, for some of you guys out there because I know that confidence is quite a big one within the community. I've seen it once again. I've seen a few posts on that, but. Um, yeah, hopefully that, 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 that was helpful. Let me bring this off the screen here. There's this, it's uh, very hard to, to try and do nothing. So this goes back to the standing up and doing nothing. When on a wave, when you might only catch six or 10 waves in a session, but we'll definitely give it a go. I, okay, so remember, remember at skateboarding. Just very quickly, every time Clay says fighting, it sounds like farting. Your South African accent is getting in the way of you tonight. What did what did it sound like when he said fart? Fighting? Fight, <laughs> fart, fart. So so yeah. So so can one of you go 
Pete's got this. Speak to that. Very hard to try to not do, try and do nothing on a wave when you might only get six or ten waves in a session. Yeah, well, here's the thing for me. I mean, I'm a big one for getting busy on waves. You know, I always have been. So, you know, feel like I gotta make use of every section, hit every piece of available lip, do my best. You know, and consequently, you don't surf as well because you try too hard, yeah. right? So, um, I got away from the crowds. I surfed at, at Balinga, which I don't know if you know it, but down south of Chugan on the Gold Coast, and um, there's usually not many people out there. It's a nice... Sh shocky. <laughs> Very Sorry. shocky. Sorry. But during the weekdays, it's generally uncrowded, relatively uncrowded. Anyway, um, so I had an opportunity to be comfortable knowing that I would have no problem getting waves. So in that context, I could relax and know that I could play around with it a bit. And we'd just done the lesson with Clay around stance, coffee cup, relaxation, and more importantly, the power zones. And I thought, well, I'm just gonna test this out and see what happens. Yeah. And it, Clay had just said to me, just stand there and look at the wave, go with the wave. And I had that in my head really, really strongly. So I did it every wave and man, it was, it created an impression on me. And that was the whole idea of riding the wave, not riding the surfboard, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And it, 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 that just stuck with me to this day. It was great, great lesson. That's what I love about the community. You coming here, we just learned something from you. Like, so many people try to surf the surfboard and not the wave. Like, yeah. they're almost oblivious to the wave. They're just like angry termites on the surfboard, just like, ah, chewing up everything. <laughs> angry termites. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, they call it wave riding for a reason. Yeah, not board yeah. riding, yeah. Yeah, well, they call yeah. it board riding. Sorry, too. Yeah, I got that wrong. That backfired. I, I like wave riding anyway. I yeah. think that works. Okay, we've got another question here. Is sleeping position related to, just a nice quick one, is sleeping position related to stiffness in any way? Oh yeah. Do you want, uh, to, do you want to elaborate more or just? Or well, I, I mean, short, short answer, yeah, absolutely. I mean, most of us sleep in really poor um, postural positions and it ordinarily relates from the, um, the quality of the sleeping materials, i.e. the mattress, the pillows. Pete, you You've probably dealt with a lot of different backgrounds. I think this is the worst position. Mouse in the hand, behind a desk, staring at a screen, neck out. I see so many people surf like that, just like, almost like they've got the mouse in the hand and they're just trying to get down the line <laughs> in this sitting position. So I think just um, trying to learn how to move your body in its best way possible by doing yoga, tai chi, any movement-based thing yeah, is a I, good thing. I would say because, you know, when, when we're sleeping, we're asleep, you know, so how do we control our movement when we're sleeping? So one approach is to um, be less concerned about that and be more concerned about what you can control when you're conscious, you know, doing the appropriate mobility work, um, doing the appropriate exercise to ensure that if you sleep badly, that's not going to affect you too much. I do have a good example of that friend of mine, Jai Brazinas. Yeah, he had a um, he had a back problem for a long time. He, he may still have it. I don't know, but um, I think he was told to tie his legs together at night. Yeah, because he was one of those guys that sleeps with his Hips you know chew, chewing his knee. You know, and yeah. um, uh, you know, which is a common sleeper. I sleep like that on my stomach with my knee up under my armpit. And um, anyway, with the knees tied together, obviously that's impossible. Anyway, it, it fixed his back problem very quickly. So. Um, same with breathing, you know, snoring, things like that. You know, you got a problem with snoring or sleep apnea, you put tape over your mouth to force you to breathe through the nose. Do you, you, know do you tape your face when you go to sleep? I 
don't, I have done. I've been, I've been taping for yeah. months. It's great. Months now. It yeah. works really well. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you know, taping to control those elements uh, is akin to tying your knees together mm. to make sure that you don't do anything silly with your posture. Honestly. So, so in short, would you recommend sleeping on your, on your back or your side? Uh, or front? What, I've tried to sleep on my back, but when I sleep on my back, my fiance has told me I have to tape my mouth. <laughs> so, I, I can't fall yeah. asleep in my bed. I think I think I think sleeping on your front, generally because we have soft mattresses, is extremely bad because of the lumbar yeah. lumbar curve we create yeah. and a lot of back problems. So. Yeah, uh, Mark Perez, it's but reciprocal inhibition. Mm. Good stuff. That'd be related to something from earlier on. Uh, great listening to you guys as always. Going to do a dictionary in the surf now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that board, that board in the background. Relating to that one there, I'm assuming they're, they're both they're both pretty epic boards though, especially the mid length. Loving the mid so length. Nice yeah, so fun. Yeah. Uh, Looks good. Oh, who who did the artwork on the surfboard behind Clayton? Me. Clayton does his own artwork on his boards. There you go. Another little, uh, little thing there. Right, we've got a lot of tests. A lot of people want that test. Test, 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 test. Okay. Okay. Here, here we go. Uh, I've asked this before, but I've got arthritis in my ankle. And so dorsiflexion is just not possible. I had six operations to clear out, and the surgeon has said it's just a maintenance thing. Is there anything you think I could do to improve surfing and mobility in the ankle? I'd like to know if it's his back foot or his front foot. That back foot be, that, or front foot? That would be that would be good to know. Um, you. So so if if that that comment's come, we've got so many comments I don't ever find it. If it's if if it's a back foot, what can they do? Just like a real quick. Well, because of back foot, you can you can you, I mean dorsiflexion is the action of pulling your toes up yep. towards your shin, which is important for surfing because you want to be able to transition from rail to rail. If it's his back foot though, because we're in a lunge position, he can come up on his uh, on the ball of his foot a little more effectively, so it's not going to be as limiting. If it's his front foot, it's probably going to be more limiting. So. It depends. Um, uh, insofar as the arthritis, I don't know. That could be something that needs to be surgically okay. worked on. I'm not sure. I've had arthritis myself and had surgery for it. So. Okay. Uh, Soph has asked, would we film this and send it in? Don't quite know what you mean there, Soph. Sorry, um, but no, don't film anything and send it in. <laughs> don't film anything and send it in. Uh, so a breathwork course would be something that I'd really love to see as a future Omni program. Mm -hmm. It's easy it's, it's earmarked list. yeah it's on the list there's a lot of stuff that is on the list which is why you're part of the greatest community because there's so much in the pipeline it's just that we just don't have enough time uh, and resources to pump it all out fast enough it's great to hear pete talk the crossover of tai chi on weight changes and breathing mobility tests are great for people to have self-awareness on where their body uh where in their body they can improve absolutely uh <laughs> Shitting and farting, whatever that was. <laughs> Fart noise. I don't know. Got, uh, farting or farting? Yeah. Shitting or farting. That's um, commentaries. Commentaries. <laughs> okay, I think that's that's related to me. It's only water. What are you fearing? Um, it's a lot of water, I suppose. It is a lot of water, and I I still have got. Um, I have now started to notice since I broke my neck back at the beginning of the year that it is starting to crop up a little bit now. It is making me think twice mm. in some circumstances. So I have got a bit of a fear there of, of obviously damaging my neck again. Water feels like concrete from the right height. True. <laughs> fear is like, uh, 
the, the roof feels like concrete from any height. Even more so, yeah. <laughs> feels like um, uh, a volume dial. The more you are exposed to it, the, the less loud it will appear. Yeah. Mm, good uh, advice. 10 foot bells and winky a few weeks ago. Breathe, yes. And then their advice, this is, this is a good one. Absorb the environment, smells, colors, temperature, light, noise, everything. Hypersense, just, I suppose that's, get out of your, that's getting you out of your own head though, isn't it? Yeah. By, by being aware it's of stuff that's, that Yeah, I think, I think that, that's an exercise we use, we use in breathology to, um, to relax, to tap into the parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. Just, you know, feel everything, the smells, the, yeah. the, the, the texture, the, you know, the visual elements, everything about it, yeah. And, and at that point, things seem to slow down once you're more aware of your environment too. Yeah, absolutely. And then the person with the ankle, arthritis in the ankle, that was back foot. Oh, uh, yeah. It was okay. back, back foot issue. Yeah. And we've got okay. chest, and that's, wow, we managed to get through most of those those questions. If I have missed anybody's question, then I, I am really sorry. We're But we're at about an hour and 20, so we are going to wrap things up. We will, so lots of people want that test. So we will look at getting that, that recorded over the next few weeks. As I said just a moment ago, we are limited on time and resources. There is so much, there's so much going on behind the scenes that, um, that we, we, we've got so many big plans. We just kind of, just got to work through them uh, nice and slowly. We're, we're, we're slowly chipping away at it. Now, make sure that you follow us on Instagram if you haven't already. Also YouTube, so OmbiSurf on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe there because uh, we've got lots of content that's coming out on there. We've got this week's YouTube is actually the wave pool review, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So I surf the wave pool on intermediate. So I'm giving you my perspective on what I thought of the wave pool at intermediate setting. That, so that'll be a fun little video that's coming up this week. Next week is Taj Burrow. We're breaking down his, yep. his surfing on coach's eye. And in the next couple of weeks, we'll also do the, the we've had a lot of people wanting to know what boards Clayton has made for me. So we're going to be looking at my at my quiver as well. So before we go, like we have covered a lot of ground tonight. There's been a lot of golden nuggets. I would love to know what your golden nugget has been. Obviously, there was your little Yoda moment where you uh, talked about ride the ride the wave, not the board. But yeah. what has been your your biggest takeaway? I'd love to hear that down in the comments below. As I say, we've covered so much stuff. Once again, Pete's, um, Pete's gym is a CMBT training facility or the Combat Training Center in Varsity Lakes. Just Google it and you'll find it. I will put a link below this video as well in the comments so that you can access the website there. Pete, to finish things off. Yes. What, if you could give one piece of advice, whether it's surf related, whether it's general life related, what's the one piece of advice let me, let me rephrase this. What's one rule that you live by that you feel has helped you live the kind of life that you live? Well, if you're talking about physicality, um, I'm now 50 years old. Uh, you're not 50. I am. Come on. I'm 50. Yeah, believe it. I know. Um, once you hit 40, you know, we all get stuck in this idea of, you know, we have to train, we have to work really hard, we have to um, be extremely physical. Um, look after your physique by balancing every hard activity you do, surfing, uh, gym work, running, whatever you do, balance it out with an equal amount of soft training. 
train your mobility more, train your Tai Chi more, train your breathing more. That becomes way more and more important, especially in relation to surfing as you get older, then going to the gym and doing your bicep curls and things like that. So I'd say in terms of looking after your body and being able to surf for the next, I don't know how old you are, but the next 20, 30 years, look after those elements and you'll be sweet as. Yeah. So that's some good that's advice. My advice. Nice. That's some really good advice. And on that note, on that note, guys, we are going to to wrap up. Yeah, there's a lot of thanks coming in there. Uh, but although I will quickly go to this one here. When can we travel overseas, Clayton? Apparently, Clayton, you are the uh, you are the uh, the official uh, travel agent. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Jeez, it just seems like Melbourne's just got locked down again. You can't travel. You're supposed to go yeah, I was, next I was, week. I was, I was meant to go into Melbourne this weekend. I don't think anyone can say. Really. 2023 or something like that. Who knows? Yeah, I reckon it's going to be a while before we can travel again. So really go out there and enjoy enjoy the waves that are around you. We're very fortunate. That it's been pumping here lately. Yeah, yeah. We, we've got no lack of waves. We are we are very fortunate. Sort of. We are very fortunate here. Cheers, Pete, for coming through. Yeah, thank you so much for, for coming and joining in this evening. I know that all you guys have found this, this really useful. Remember, if you want that, that test, well, don't bother writing tests below because we're going to do it anyway. So, just don't, just don't, <laughs> unless you want to just help us with the whole algorithm thing, then just type some comments in below. But, uh, but if anything, just just yeah, just just show some love for Pete in the comments below. Uh, let us know what's been your biggest takeaway. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with the next live, which whereabouts? I, that's when I think we'll be doing the the Ombi language. But I'll let you know on the Monday before the live. But remember, we're going every other week for the lives now, so that we can get this other content out. But guys, thank you for tuning in. If you've been with us since seven o'clock since we started, then you're an absolute legend because you've been with us for an hour and 20 minutes. But it has been a very good Facebook Live. And I've been, been able to shift the focus over there this week, which has been very nice. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. Get out there, catch some waves, have some fun. Thanks, guys. And uh, remember to mix it up. Go, whatever you do that's a tough sport, mix it up with something that's soft as well. Until next time, toodle.